Welcome to Belief Over Doubts, a show where we work to apply Bible basics to real life situations. I'm your host for the show, Robert Polk. If you're like me, you may have started your day with a, what you believe to have been a powerful prayer to our Lord and Savior. Yours may have sounded like mine. Dear Lord, am I doing all right? I have not gossiped, uh, lost my temper. I haven't been greedy or grumpy. I haven't been nasty, selfish, or self-indulgent. I have not whined, complained, cursed, or eaten any chocolate. And I haven't even charged anything on my credit card. But I'll be getting out of bed here in a minute, Lord. And I think I'm going to really need your help today. <laughs> that was not my prayer for the record. Uh, I got that from ChristianFunnyPigs.com. But as we, continue, as we continue our conversations today, uh, I want to discuss a few facets of prayer. And I want to make sure that we're building a basic understanding for us all. My disclaimers are that I don't want anyone to be embarrassed or offended. In Luke chapter 11, we find one of the, one of the disciples speaking with Jesus. And he says, Lord, teach us to pray as John taught his disciples. And Jesus didn't try to make them feel bad. He just taught them. Um, and I'm going to tell you, I'm not experienced enough or prepared to teach you how to pray. It's very personal. So opposed to going into a long, complicated breakdown on prayer or, or trying to trick you into learning with some engaging stories, we're going to have an old school who, what, when, where, why, what. Oh, did I say that one? Who, what, when, where, why, and how lesson with heavy scripture. As we study today, I'll be reading from the English Standard Version of the Holy Bible, unless otherwise noted. So let's start with the who. Who needs to pray? I do. You do. Um, have you ever heard of Martin Luther? Uh, not Martin Luther King, but Martin Luther. Uh, he was a monk. He was a theologist, an author, a composer, a priest. Uh, he was one of the fathers of Reformation. Well, he said that to be Christian without prayer is no more possible than being alive without breathing. So you should pray. Um, who should we pray for? As the book of Job ends in chapter 42, uh, in verse 10, we hear um, that the Lord restored the fortunes of Job when he prayed for his friends. And the Lord gave Job twice as much as he had before. Okay, it's probably easy for you to understand that you should pray for your friends. In Matthew chapter 5, verse 44, Jesus said, but I say unto you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. What about those that you may not know, but still factor into your life? In 1 Timothy chapter 2, verses 1 and 2, Paul writes, First of all, then, I urge that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgivings be made for all people, for kings and for those who are in high positions, that we may lead a peaceful and quiet life, godly and dignified in every way. Look, I understand that it could be hard to pray for those in authority. Um, I've learned that I struggle to pray for them directly sometimes, um, just with my human limitations. Um, but I did learn that if I pray that they pray, I, <laughs> look, some people only God can change, man. So I pray that they pray. Um, my last angle on who? Who can you pray with? And I guess a question is just as important as who's praying for you. In the book of James, chapter 5, verses 13 through 15, we read, Is anyone among you suffering? Then let him pray. 
Is anyone cheerful? Then let him sing praise. Is anyone among you sick? Let him uh, call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with, with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save the one who is sick and the Lord will raise him up. And if he committed any sins, he will be forgiven. Bishop T.D. Jakes was talking about his mom, and, and this is what he said. He said she, um, his mother, had become a warrior far superior to any epic hero. She became a giant on her knees. With a sword in one hand, she battled the enemies of death and disease. And with the other hand stretched toward heaven, she kept beseeching God's help and his mercy. So uh, for who? You? And who do we need to pray for? Your friends and your enemies and those in leadership. Um, I plead to you, surround yourself with people who love to pray for, with, and about you. I promise that there will come a time in your life where you will need a prayer warrior by your side. All right, now the what. What should we pray about? Colossians chapter 4, verse 3 and 4. Verses 3 and 4 says, um, And pray for us too, that God may open a door for our message, so that we may proclaim the mystery of Christ, for which I am in chains. Pray that I may proclaim it clearly as I should. This prayer was so important to me because Paul, the writer of Colossians, was incarcerated when he asked the church to pray for him. He didn't ask for to pray for his freedom or, or to strike down his oppressors. He asked that he be able to proclaim the mystery of Christ better. It's so amazing because, let me say, I pray that we all learn to pray a little bit more like that. It was direct, but it was focusing on becoming a better servant to God than focusing on Paul's own needs. Let me share three of my favorites with you when it comes to what we are to pray for. Matthew chapter 26 verse 41 is where Jesus tells the disciples, Watch and pray that you may not enter into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. In Luke chapter 21 verses 35 and 36 is when Jesus is talking about the end of times. He says, For it will come upon all who dwell on the face of the whole earth, but stay awake at all times, praying that you may have the strength to escape all the things that are going to take place and stand before the Son of Man. And, and the last one is 2 Thessalonians um, chapter 1 verses 11 and 12 where it says, to this end, we pray for you, that God make you worthy of his calling and may fulfill every resolve for God for every work of faith by his power, so that the name of our Lord Jesus may be glorified in you and you in him according to the grace of our God and the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, what do you expect to get from praying or from spending time in prayer? In the book of uh, John, chapter 15, verse 7, Jesus says that if you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. So that's the who and the what. Now, the when. You probably already know my answer is always, but let's flip through some pages. We're going to start with when do you need to pray? So Colossians, chapter 4, verse 2 says, Continue steadfastly in prayer, being watchful in it with thanksgiving. 
So what does it mean to continue steadfastly, right? Um, there's, that's no setting on my uh, Apple Watch that says continue steadfastly. But Merriam-Webster defines steadfastly as firmly fixed in place or not subject to change. I love it. See? Always. All right. Ephesians chapter 6 verse 18 says, Praying at all times in the spirit, with all prayer and supplication, um, supplication, which I defined in another show, is likened to um, praying with total humility. Um, to that end, uh, to that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication, again, prayer with humility for all the saints. So when is the best time to pray? First Thessalonians chapter five, verses 16 through 18 say, um, rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God and Jesus Christ for you. So if you never cease praying, you're always praying at the right time. Even Billy Graham, who I won't quote too much, says um, the true prayer is a way of life. It's not just in case of emergencies. He says that we should make it a habit. So that when the need arises, you'll be in practice. He, he also says that we are to pray in times of adversity, lest we become faithless and unbelieving. We are to pray in times of prosperity, lest we become boastful and proud. We are to pray in times of danger, lest we become fearful and doubting. And we are to pray in times of security, lest we become self-sufficient. All right, so when should we pray? Always. Start right now. Pause this, say a prayer, and I'll welcome you back. I'll wait. All right, for real. Welcome back. Now that the who, what, and when are done, well, let's get to the probably the quickest portion of the episode. It's the where. Uh, I believe it'll be the quickest portion, not because it's less important, but it's more of a personal thing and it's based on your life setup. So it may change from time to time, but the themes will probably remain the same. So where does the Bible say that you should pray? Well, Matthew chapter 6 verse 6 says, But when you pray, go into your room and shut the door, and pray to your Father who is in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. Where did Jesus go to pray? Um, Luke chapter 11 verse 1 says, Jesus was, Jesus was praying in a certain place. Luke chapter 9 verse 28 says, that Jesus took Peter, John, and James with him, and they went up into a mountain to pray. Luke chapter 5 verse 16 says, But Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. Luke chapter 6 verse 12 says, One of those days, Jesus went up onto a mountainside to pray. You see the theme here? Jesus found secluded areas, often in nature, where he felt that he could be alone with the Father. When you pray, how much time do you spend praying to the Father? Luke chapter 6 verse 12 also says that Jesus spent the night praying to God. Why? Um, sorry, not why about Jesus praying all night. I think I understand that part, but it's time for the why. <laughs> why should we pray? In my opinion, it's one of the most public things that you can do to show your faith. It's been called an outward expression of your inward commitment. If you don't really believe, but you pray consistently, why are you wasting your time and your energy? Because the outward expression serves as an acknowledgement of God. 
And Jesus says in Matthew chapter 10, um, verses 32 and 33, that whoever acknowledges me before others, I will also acknowledge them before my father in heaven. But but whoever disowns me before others, I will disown him before my father in heaven. Which side you want to be on? Scripture also tells us in James chapter five, verse 16, for, for this reason, confess your sins to one another and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of the righteous person is, is powerful in what it can achieve. From Psalms chapter 17, verse six, it says, I call on you, my God, for you will answer me. Turn your ear to me and hear my prayer. From 1 John chapter 5, verse 14, it says, This is the confidence that we have in, in approaching God, that if we ask for anything according to his will, he will hear us. Um, from 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 12, it says, For the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, and his ears are open to their prayer. Who, what, when, where, how, how. So how are we to pray? First and foremost, God knows our heart. So you need to keep it pure when you're praying. Remember that God is not challenging you or, or rewarding you based on the length of your prayers. Matter of fact, Matthew chapter 6 verse 7 says, um, And when you pray, do not heap up empty phrases uh, as the Gentiles do. For they think that they'll be heard based on their many words. Do not be like them. For your father already knows what you need before you ask him. And, and you need to check your motives. In James chapter 4, verses 2 and 3, we read, You do not have because you do not ask, and you ask and do not receive because you ask with the wrong motives, so that you may spend it on your pleasures. Wait, how many times have you done that? Where you've prayed for something, knowing that you didn't intend to use that blessing for righteous purposes. Have you ever prayed, Dear Lord, as your humble servant, allow me to prove to you that winning the lottery won't change me. Amen. <laughs> no, I got that from uh, Christian Funny too. Um, but seriously, Max Licato, he's a, a, a American Christian uh, author. Uh, he's a writer, preacher. He, he wrote that our prayers may be awkward. Our attempts may be feeble. But since the power of prayer is not in the one who says it, it's in the one who hears it, our prayers do make a difference. He, he, he makes a good point here. God hears our prayers, right? In 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 12, it says, The eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, and his ears are open to their prayers. Even back in the Old Testament, the Lord says in Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 12, uh, verse 12 and 13, he says, then you will call upon me and come and pray to me and I will hear you. You will seek me and you will find me only when you seek me with all of your heart. A couple weeks ago, a friend of mine was explaining to me how God's grace removes the shame of sin. And, and this should give us an enhanced confidence when we're praying to him. Check out Hebrews chapter four, verse 16, where it says, let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace uh, to help us in our time of need. 
Now, you may have heard me ask at the end of each episode. I ask that if you send your questions or prayer requests to beliefoverdoubts at gmail.com. Trust me, I do check that email address several times a day. And I'm always hopeful, but honestly, I'm always fearful, too, that somebody will actually send me a prayer request. I'm humbled and thankful anytime that God allows me to stand in the gap and bring, and bring people's troubles to them. Um, but I do feel unqualified. But guess what? God don't care. To him, he knows my heart. So he doesn't question my motives. He just knows that I'm trying to spend time in his presence and increase people's trust in him and his mighty plan for us. Let me point out that we normally have an average of 10 passages of scripture here. Um, This one (laughs) literally has 30 passages. So I won't do a study on what I learned. I will, however, go back to the opening and pick up where I left off in in Luke chapter 11, uh, verses 1 through 4. Um, But this time, I want to read it from the King James Version. It says, One of the disciples said unto him, Lord, teach us to pray, as John taught his disciples. And he said unto, unto them, When ye pray, say, Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed, um, which means greatly revered or honored. Hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. As in heaven, so in earth. Give us day by day our daily bread. And forgive us our sins. We also forgive everyone that is indebted to us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. And with that, there's nothing else that I could add to the who, what, when, where, why, and how. And even more important than those, you have heard how Jesus wants us to pray. No matter what platform you engage with us on, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, Spotify, or Facebook, we truly thank you for your support. As mentioned earlier, if you have any prayer requests or questions, please send them to beliefoverdoubts at gmail.com. Be blessed and be safe.